your humble host for Let's Talk to Animals, a podcast about interspecies communication. And today I want to talk to you about the key component to any kind of communication with integrity, any kind of communication you want to have with a being of any species must begin with this. So many of my human clients who are coming to me to connect more deeply, more authentically, more relatably with their companion animals, whether embodied or in spirit, they too have feelings, hunches, sensations, vibes. So often when I work with one of you and your your animal companion and I share something that your animal wants or needs or likes or doesn't like, you say to me, I knew they were going to say that. And this is all the proof you need that you can do what I do. In fact, you're probably already doing it. But just like any other innate ability, even the breath, we have to start by practicing. Yes, our bodies know how to breathe, but it doesn't start out that way. When we first pop out of wherever it is we're coming from, whether our mom had a C-section or a natural childbirth, usually we need a little pat or maybe like me, you need a little slap to kind of get everything moving and to get everything calibrated. We need to locate, download, unzip, install, activate, and take for a test run our operating system program called breathing. And in fact, so many of us start to take this particular gift for granted. Especially as we get older, we forget that we still need to practice breathing. We need to practice the in-breath and the out-breath and the spaces in between. We need to practice remembering what it feels like to fill our lungs. Wait, where is all that breath going inside my body? And how much breath can my physical being really hold? These are such good, curious questions to ask, and they lead us right into what I want to share with you today, which is where are those vibes coming from? Where are your aha moments and your gut instincts? Where is that part of you that knows before you turn around that somebody behind you has been staring at you? What part of you thinks of a loved one and suddenly your phone rings and it's them? It's not your thinking mind, it's your heart. Animal communication, interspecies communication, all communication stems from your heart, what I call your gut brain. Our friendly research scientists have now informed us that we really have at least two brains in our physical form, possibly more more to be revealed, right? But we have our head brain with its right and left hemispheres and all of its little programs and systems, and we need it and we love it and we appreciate it. But we also have another brain located in our gut. Some researchers and and physicians really focus on its biome. So we hear the words the gut biome a lot, but There's a brain down there and it's connected by its own central nervous system channel called the vagus nerve. Now in my 
in my family, our genetics, we have a lot of problems with our vagus nerve. And this is one of the reasons. And by problems, I mean, our vagus nerve likes to take matters into its own hands. It likes to keep its own counsel. It likes to do its own thing. It doesn't necessarily want to consult anyone else before it makes a decision. And what's so interesting about this, uh, of course, this has led me to do quite a bit of poking around online and chatting with others and talking with doctors and learning all I can about the vagus nerve. And what I've learned is that that channel that connects the gut brain or the heart brain, if you will, and the head brain is a two-way superhighway. And guess which direction most of those messages are going. If you guessed from the gut brain, from the heart brain up to the head brain, give yourself a gold star because that's exactly correct. The gut brain is really in charge of everything. It's running the whole system. You know, it would be akin to the molten core of our mother earth, our planet that we live in, or the sun at the center of our solar system. It's certainly the heart that connects us with others that we love, regardless of species. We don't walk around just thinking about how much we love someone most of the time. We're actually, there's a feeling there. Now, we may not actually perceive that feeling because a lot of us do get stuck in our heads, and I am no exception to that. But if we feel past the thinking, we realize that the part of us that connects to another being is not up in our head. That's not where we feel it. When we do give ourselves the opportunity to feel what love feels like rather than just think about it a lot. And we're not feeling it in our head. You know, it doesn't feel like a positive version of a headache. We feel it in our chest. There's a pressure. Maybe there's an expansion. Maybe there's a contraction, especially after a loss. Um, I just went through the loss of my soul bird companion of 24 years, Pearl, who I raised from a five-week-old rescue chick. And it was sudden, it was unexpected, it was devastating. I can tell you that my thinking brain was not my friend. My thinking brain panicked. It just wanted to keep me safe. It perceived my grief as not safe. It fell clearly under that category and it just went batshit crazy. It wanted in all kinds of ways, shapes, and forms to make rational sense of it, to give me explanations, to berate me for what maybe I hadn't seen or hadn't done so that I would never make that mistake again. It felt like an enemy, but it wasn't. It really wanted so badly to fix the thing that wasn't fixable. And I learned very quickly, thanks to all of the training that I've had, all of the work that I've done over the years, all of the recovery I've been through from anorexia and bulimia and anxiety and depression. And they're not pleasant at the time when we're going through them. And we all go through them because life happens to everyone, but they do give us the opportunity to harness our ability to to befriend ourselves in these tough times and give us the opportunity to cultivate a toolkit that can be and for me, at least, it has been life-saving. And by life, I don't mean my body ticking along, even though my bird's body has passed and I desperately want to go with him. I want to go after him and pull him back by his cute little pink feet, and I can't do that. I mean my heart, the part of me that's in my body that's still willing to live, to feel, to soften, to expand, to open my heart. 
again and again and again, because along with all the grief, we have those opportunities for joy. And most importantly, my heart has been the part of me that's allowed Pearl to return to me so quickly in his spirit form. And we're having daily, very productive connections and dialogues. He's teaching me so much and he's planning his return. And I've had to really be disciplined with my brain, with my head mind, my head brain, and acknowledge it for all the care and concern that it has for me for keeping us alive. And then I've had to invite it to be quiet, to listen actively. And what's so interesting about this, in our last episode here on Let's Talk to Animals, I talked about quieting the mind. What I didn't share that I'm going to tell you right now, that I'm going to share with you today, is that the mind views, it perceives on an activity level, perceive active, curious listening, just the way it perceives thinking, which is what, of course, it's naturally programmed to do. And so when we invite our mind to listen with curiosity actively to what may be coming in, we activate the part of the mind that wants to keep us alive, our fight, flight, freeze, survival system, and all the sensory awareness that goes into that. We activate all of our senses, our 3D senses, our 5D senses, our 12D senses, we activate not just our overt physical conscious information pathways, but also our subtle, intuitive, and sensory information pathways. And so when the mind is in active listening mode, it might as well be thinking. It's just as happy and it's a lot more helpful. So that's where we really want to get our mind, teach our mind, we want to invite our mind to the party by involving it in a, in a way in which it can participate fully and joyfully. And that is through active, curious listening. What's going to come next? Is that a saber-toothed tiger or my best friend lurking around the tree up there? Active listening is the mind's other jam besides thinking. And so if we want to enter our heart, if we want to really feel our way into our intuitive pathways, feel what we think and know. The first step is breathing, remembering to breathe. And this is the second step is to give our mind a little name tag, a little badge with a job description that says essential active listener. And then we begin to be able to access our feeling state because the mind is then thinking, oh, I feel love or, oh, I feel loss or, oh, I feel worry or, oh, I feel fear or, oh, I feel confusion or, oh, I feel anticipation or, oh, I feel curiosity or, oh, I feel something I don't know it. I don't have a name for. And then in its active listening state, it will actually prompt us. It will say, why don't you feel that thing and see if I'm right? And we get to drop down into our heart and feel our way through it. And it's that love connection. It's that feeling connection, whatever that emotional connection we have. In fact, it doesn't have to be love. Um, and that's a topic for another day. But we want to start there. We want to start with love. We want to start 
any conversation that we that we want to initiate or participate in from this softer, which is why my word for this year is soften. I feel it's the word that will most benefit my mind, my gut, my gut, my head brain, my gut brain, and all the rest of me in expanding, which was last year's word of the year, and um, opening up to all that I'm capable of, all that's possible for me, all the new experiences and learning opportunities that are waiting for me and allow me to grow, which is really why I'm here. Yes, life can be a party sometimes. It can also suck. Um, ultimately, I don't get much out of it unless I feel like I'm growing and evolving. And so that's really kind of the carrot at the end of my stick or the pot of gold at the end of my rainbow, if you will. Now, I want to share something with you that is going to give you a place to start. Maybe you are feeling something from your own companion animal or from the wild animals you share space with or from an endangered animal species that you feel a special affinity for kinship with and you want to explore that and you want to go deeper and you and most of all you want to trust what you're feeling you want to acknowledge it and you want to feel into it and you want to authenticate it so that it's real and when we authenticate it when we are able to say yes this is happening to me yes I'm having this experience this is what allows us to invite more of the same. And for most of us, when we have even an inkling that interspecies communication, communication across species boundaries is possible, we typically tend to want more of it. It's not like going and getting a root canal, which is nobody's idea of a good time. When we have even the faintest brush with interspecies communication, we even think that we might be feeling some information coming into us from an animal we want more. That's pretty cool. I want to do that again. And this is the way to set yourself up for success. You definitely want to listen back. This is back to my personal story, especially if you're coming to this podcast, you're coming back to your sensory body or maybe the intuition that was squashed in you when you were younger. And you want to kind of validate that and reactivate that. Be sure to listen to the podcast episode where I shared my personal story of coming to interspecies communication later in life. You definitely want to listen back to the episode about how to quiet the mind. And here I'm really talking about the head brain. Listen to that because I go into a lot more detail there about what I'm talking about in this episode with the head brain versus the gut brain or the heart brain. And then now here we are at the at the heart. And the, the heart center, the center of your personal planet, which is your physical form and all of the subtle and sensory and intuitive and emotional and, and physical pathways that are interwoven throughout you as an embodied being, as an embodied soul. And when we start here is by seeking the most open heart that we can achieve. You know, there's places in us where we might open a little. Maybe we've only ever experienced a partial heart opening. Most, if you're listening and you have an animal that you absolutely adore, you definitely know what it feels like already. Or if you have a human animal that you adore, or you love yourself. I mean, there's not enough of that in this world. So I um, certainly want to include that as well. 
If you feel that deep, unconditional love for any being, including yourself, then you already know what it feels like to be in this pure, open-hearted, unconditionally loving space. Well, this is the space you absolutely have to be in if you want to have the deepest communication with any other life form, embodied or in spirits. Definitely, if you want to talk to animals across species boundaries, this is where you need to start. And you already know what it feels like. That's first, the sensory and emotional, intuitive memory of what it feels like to have this open hearted, this pure, loving experience with this active listening going on in your head, brain, and this beautiful, expansive, unconditional, open, accepting energy in your gut brain and your heart brain. This is like pure Wi-Fi with no limitations, no need to buffer, no interruptions. This is this is the channel that we want to be on. And so there are several different ways to approach this. I do most of my face-to-face or at least virtual face-to-face um, over Zoom, and phone, the phone consultations that I do, channeling an audio message. That I'm going to email to one of my uh, human pet parent clients. I usually work here in this space. And so right behind this little setup that you see, of course, I'm staring into it right now. So you're seeing what's behind me, but right behind all this little setup and my little ring light and all the things that are going on, I have a picture of Pearl, my soul bird. And when I look at that photo, I don't work with photos of animals usually. That's just not necessary for how I work. But I do have this photo of Pearl behind me. And even when Pearl was embodied, and he was often sitting on me or near me or in just in the next room, if he was being particularly chirpy and feisty that day, I still have this photo that I can see if I can just scooch over just a little bit. Those of you who are watching the video version, you can see me doing it. I can see his adorable feathery face. And the moment I lay eyes, it triggers, I mean, 24 years of sensory memory. And it never felt any different. And it never doesn't feel any different now. When I look at his photo, I still feel the same. So I would encourage you to get something like that. It's not necessary to, to communicate with animals. We don't have to have a big setup. We don't have to get all fancy about it. You can do it anywhere. I was taking a walk the other day and just kind of moving my body to process my grief. And I met a dog who wanted to talk to me. And so I ended up talking, chatting a little bit with his person, a very sweet woman. Then we walked for a bit together. And so you can do it anywhere. But, you know, when you want to have an important conversation, sometimes you like to kind of get things squared away a little bit more. And so you just, you can set up an area where you can go, where you know you're going to have the space and the time and the the serenity and the quiet. And you can put a little photo of the one that reliably opens your heart more quickly than any other being of any species, human, non-human, it can be a beautiful place in nature that you absolutely, your happy place, we often call it, that you absolutely adore. One colleague of mine, she feels this anytime she looks at a tree. So her website and her images on her wall at home and the place that she lives is surrounded by trees. And so that is what works for her. So just consider what works for you and just 
set up a space where your heart feels safe and invited to instantly open and blossom into this unconditionally loving heart space. And once you're in that space where your head brain is actively listening, your body and all your cells are fully oxygenated and happy, I always, I always remind my animal communication students and mentees that oxygenated cells are intuitive cells. Cells that are breathing fresh oxygen are happy cells. And so they're all on board to help you have the clearest and deepest connection with for any conversation you want to have. The animal can feel that energy. There's so many other tools that you can use. I'm a Reiki master practitioner. I'm attuned to Reiki level three, which is the master level. So I am also using Reiki energy. And, and it just very naturally, it just invites itself at this point to the conversation because it knows it's always welcome and the animals are very, very finely tuned. Their subtle sense, they sense energy, they read energy, they see and feel energy. And so when your energy is vibrating on the channel of unconditional love, that animal, even if it's the most shy animal, even if it's the most traumatized animal, even if it's an animal who's grieving or is terrified, that animal is much more likely to open up at least a little bit if you're open all the way. And so that is what I wanted to share with you today on our ever unfolding intuitive interspecies communication journey here together on Let's Talk to Animals. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope you're enjoying this series here on season four, doing something a little bit different. I always love to hear from you. I would love it if you would share this podcast with others in your network who are interspecies communication curious, if you will, or perhaps already actively involved at some level, I would love it if you would leave this podcast a review, if you would reach out and share a comment or an aha moment or a question. It so helps this little show grow, which is, and it helps us connect too, which is the best part of it all. So if you have questions, I want to list back to other episodes. Not sure where you can find those. Head over to animallovelanguages.com backslash podcast or just search for it on your favorite podcasting platform. You have my heart. Thank you for sharing the gift of your time with me today. I look forward to welcoming you back to the next episode, which happens in two weeks time where we're shifting so I can devote a little bit more time and energy, pack it into each episode, make it a little richer, a little deeper. So we're going every other week this year. And I look forward to speaking with you and hearing from you and connecting with you again soon. Okay. All my love. Bye for now.